Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. Uh, last week we did a couple shows for you guys, and we had uh, Phil Hewitt on our show. And uh, this week we have a couple more guests. We have uh, obviously Eddie and myself, and uh, two other writers, Alex and Thomas, that have uh, helped us out uh, along the uh, couple years that we've been doing the uh, podcast and blog. And we're going to get to some of the Ducks news. Uh, you know, not too much that happened in the last week. Um, we'll discuss though uh, Haglin. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the. Uh, scoreboard being redone and the uh the jersey uh coming out uh hopefully in october we'll find out what it really is and a little bit of nhl news but uh first the big news uh this week uh which we were hoping we would hear eddie and it happened was Hagen was signed and the deal was right on the money what you said four years and uh four million each year yeah, I really couldn't have seen him getting much more than that. I mean, we we all pretty much thought he'd get around the same deal that that Silverberg got, and I think they liked the the four year term that they gave uh, Silverberg. And you know, when we were discussing uh, a couple podcasts ago on how much we think you'd get, and you know, uh, between three point seven five and, and four point two five was was what we expected. And obviously, he signed for for four million um, over four years, so. I mean, it's a good deal. I like it. Uh, it leaves it leaves room. You know, he definitely has a lot of potential and and could prove you know a, a really good deal down the road. Yeah, exactly. And and what we put out there too with the uh, release was a fan poll, uh, you know, about what line he should play on. And the fans, almost seventy percent of you said that he should be on the second line. And what are your thoughts on that, Thomas? Do you think that Hagelin should go on the second line next season, or maybe try him out on a different one? What do you think? Uh, I knowing Bruce, Bruce Boudreau, he's going to end up on every line at some point. But I think the plan is for him to start on that second line next to Kessler and Silverberg and just see how they gel. Those three have a lot of speed, and they can create a lot of offense. Um, if he doesn't work out there, I think the second likely place for him is on the third line next to Raquel and Cogliano. Um, because he's so defensively responsible, he and Cogliano could really just do a great job of being a great, really fast speed checking line and... I think he fit really well on one of those two lines. And uh, Alex, what are your thoughts? Second line, third line, maybe throw him on the first line. What do you think? Honestly, I'd really like to see him on the first line because I think that'd be a very interesting dynamic with uh, obviously Guts and Pairs there. But it'd be really good to see him on the third line. That's my uh, preferred choice as much as, you know, the first one intrigues me. Because um, you think you look at Raquel, he actually is very defensively responsible, especially for a rookie. I mean, uh, it was minus two in the playoffs last year, and he had one goal, and that was his only point. So, obviously, I mean, against Chicago, he held his ground. Cognano, great defensive uh, forward there, a lot of speed. I think Hagelin would fit in well there as kind of uh, maybe a redo of that uh, Paulson, Moen, and Niedermeyer line from 07. So, but, you know, with a lot more youth and a little bit more speed. So it'd be interesting to see him there, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's going to be the thing. I think you're both right. You know, uh, Boudreaux is always going to mix up the lines, and we're going to probably see him on a few lines. So he may, you know, end up uh, on the first, second, and third for different, you know, stints in the beginning of the season until he finally uh, finds a home. 
Um, you know, one of the fans asked us a question, Wayne, he asked us, uh, with Hagland's speed, uh, you know, d- does he think it'll help take the Ducks to the next level and what impact do you think he'll have uh, next season? And, uh, Eddie, what, what do you think in terms of speed? Do you think that's another uh, addition that the Ducks are going to need to go, you know, farther in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, I don't think, um, well, obviously he's a quick player and he's one of the fastest in the league, but, I mean, um, we already had Edom, who was a quick player too, and I don't think it adds a, a ton of difference in, in the speed we have in our lineup. Obviously, it's a it's a big advantage, and, and to put them on a line with with Kessler and Silverberg is is going to be great. But I think, uh, you know, the real big advantage comes on, on the penalty kill. You know, he's he's a really defensively responsible forward. Forward, he played on the PK and. Um, in New York, and I, I think that's going to be a big help. You know, putting him on one, maybe one unit, and and Cogliano on the other. Uh, there's a lot of potential for some short-handed goals, but you know, he, he'll, I think he'll fit well on the on the penalty kill. Yeah, I think that you're right on that. I mean, he he's going to be an addition that's going to help not only on even strength, but on the special teams. You know, and uh, Maria talked about him as being a wild card, and uh, you know, there's going to be some options that are going to be there for him next season. Um, it's going to definitely make the other teams think about, hey, you know, first line, second line, or you know, possibly third line. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, difficult for teams to uh, concentrate on one specific line. Um, that seems to be the biggest thing to me, Thomas, is uh, having options on the top lines and the speed. What What are your take on uh, Hagman for next season? Yeah, I agree. His speed is just phenomenal. He probably is now the fastest player in the lineup. Um, it's either him or Cogliano, and that just can add a new dimension to the team. Edom had a lot of speed, but he unfortunately has not learned to use it as effectively as we've hoped he would, whereas Hagelin's at the point where he knows how to use his speed to beat players to lose pucks, to get open, and to get chances on net, and also to use it to help on the back check defensively. So his speed is going to add a lot to the team. Um, in terms of pushing us further in the playoffs, it'll depend, I think, upon who we face. When we faced the Hawks last year, there's a reason why the Ducks brought in T-Catch because the lineup needed more speed, and Hagelin's just going to add to that. So I think if we face a team like Chicago, a really fast, skilled team, a play like Hagelin could make a big difference in that series. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, that was an issue against Chicago, and speed is definitely going to be something that's going to help the Ducks. Uh, you know, another kind of aspect to this, too, is trying to compare uh, Hagelin to Bolesky in terms of the numbers and whatnot. We all know the numbers that Bolesky put up last year. Um, but what do you think, Alex, in terms of uh, Hagelin replacing Bolesky? That was kind of the second part of Wayne's question. Well, I think he's definitely got a good, a, a good chance at it. But even if he doesn't specifically replace Bolesky, Chris Stewart can always, you know, replace Bolesky. He has a very similar style of play. He's just a right-handed shot as opposed to a lefty. So... Yeah, Hagelin definitely will have his chance, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, you always have Stewart there to replace him, too. So regardless of the case, Hagelin still really helps. But I think one thing that really just can not be ignored here is just how much experience Hagelin has in the playoffs. I mean, he went to the Stanley Cup Finals with the Rangers. He went deep this year. He knows how to play in those big games. We saw him score that big goal against the Penguins to uh, finish the series there. So I'm excited to see what he can bring in the postseason as well. You know, you bring up a good point, too, Alex, is, you know, the veteran uh, leadership is something that Murray talked about in his interview with Hazy, too. And so bringing in these other players, Bieksa, Horkoff, Stewart, you know, guys that have been in battles like that, I think is going to be a huge addition. Uh, you know, it's the, probably that off-ice uh, thing, Eddie, that we talked about with Phil. You know, the Ducks trying to get over this hump, uh, you know, winning these Game 7s and, and getting, you know, past these quality teams in a seven-game series 
uh, I think this is one of those intangible things, Eddie, that the Ducks will um, welcome and need and will push them uh, farther next year. Yeah, you know, most of the pressure fell on uh, on Boschman to be that veteran leader guy, and, and obviously Getzlaff and, and, and Perry as well. But, you know, bringing in guys like Bieksa, who, who've got, he's gone to the Stanley Cup final with uh, with Vancouver, and, and then you bring in Horkoff, who's a veteran leader as well. And, you know, just bringing in all these types of guys who, you know, who can spur the young guys on and, and you know, teach them, um, the the ways and and you know it's, it's I think it's good I, I think you need these types of guys in the lineup but you know the 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 real good thing is as well is that they can still play you know BX is still a, a top four defenseman, uh, Horkoff can play a third line fourth line center role really well so I think when you have that mix it, it's definitely good. You know that kind of brings us up to another fan question too is uh, Jake asked us who's going to wear the uh, you know the alternate captain next season obviously uh, Boschman's gone and went to Colorado um, did an informal. Uh, poll question on Twitter, and I'm going to have one actually on the uh, the blog later, uh, hopefully tonight. Um, but there's a lot of names that have been thrown out there in terms of players that should wear that A. And uh, BX has been one of them. Uh, Kessler's been one. Uh, Horkoff, Fowler, uh, Lindholm. There's been a lot of names thrown out there. Uh, the front runner, probably from what the fans have, I, I've heard, and we'll see in the, if the poll holds true, is probably Kessler. But uh, Thomas, what do you think in terms of uh, you know players wearing the the A next year? You know, obviously you have Perry wearing one, but who do you think will wear the other one? I think Kessler's the odds-on favorite. Uh, if I remember correctly, last year when Perry and Bochmeyer out, he was the first player to wear the A. And if both of them were out, Cogliano was the other. So I think Kessler's the favorite with Cogliano being the second choice. Uh, however, it wouldn't shock me if the Ducks preferred to have one defenseman wear it. And in that case, I think it would go to either Fowler or Bieksa. Yeah, and I think that's probably the sticking point is whether or not they're going to go with another forward center or if they're going to go to defensive men. So what do you think, Alex? Do you think if they uh, go with a defensive men, it would be you know Bieksa, Fowler, maybe Lindholm? Or do you think they go stick with another forward? Uh, I think the practical choice would be to go Kessler. I mean, with all that uh, leadership and experience and reliability. But yeah, if you want to anchor the blue line, uh, honestly, my pick would be Cam Fowler. Uh, generally, generally speaking, in the NHL, uh, GMs and coaches just do, or coaches specifically, do not have like a really good track record of putting A's on guys who are brand new to the team. So that would be my only reason why I wouldn't choose BXA there. Uh, obviously, you know, with Kessler, he had the opportunity to get the A last year. They chose to give it to Perry, who had long time been the cycle A with uh, Solani and Koibu wearing the alternates at that time. So, yeah, I got to go Kessler on this one. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Uh, and, Eddie, you can kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, I put on some of the names of some of the uh, the players on the on the poll question that, you know, they haven't even been on the Ducks, uh, you know, Horkoff and, and Bieksa. But, I, I think that that's kind of the trend is that usually the coaches aren't going to put a player uh, with an A that hasn't, you know, been on the team, uh, you know, for the for the season. But, you know, they did uh, have Kessler wear it in the preseason last year. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. It, maybe it would be uh, someone that's been on the team last year. Or what do you think? A newcomer? Um, I think, you know, everybody's been saying it, and I just, you know, got to say the same thing. I think Kessler definitely is, is the guy you would expect. But it's always nice, though, to have this many options. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are leaders in the room and that we think could step up and wear the A. And, you know, even if, if guys aren't, like, even if Kessler gets it, you know, but BX is still a leader, and, and even without the A, he's going to be the leader in the locker room. Horkoff's the same way, Cogliano, you know, Fowler. These guys are going to lead even without the A. So I think in the end, it just comes down to who gets it. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys leading in that locker room. 
Yeah, and I think that that's really the key uh, this season that the Ducks are going to fix going into next year is the veteran leadership in the locker room. And whoever gets the A, I mean, we'll put out the poll question. And, you know, obviously it's fun because we like to get the fan interaction, see what everybody thinks and who the favorite is. Uh, I, I think it really isn't going to matter. I, I just don't. I think the, the key is going to be, uh, like we've all talked about, there's several players on this team that have been on the team that are going to be leaders. There's going to be new guys that are going to come in and be leaders. And, Eddie, I really think that that, uh, you know, hopefully is going to be what gets us that one more win to go to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, for sure. That That's definitely going to help. And, and, you know, improving the team as well, you know, uh, bringing in Haglin and, and, you know, Sackatch will have a second season with the Ducks, Stewart and BX on the blue line and bringing in Cudi Oberman as, as a backup as well. I think all these uh, improve the team and, and just, you know, bring us that next step forward. And hopefully we can win that next game and get to the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, and, uh, I think from there on, I, I think we could definitely be any team from the East. Yeah, you know, uh, Eddie, you mentioned uh, Hudobin, who, you know, came into the Ducks now, and it uh, sounds like he's going to be the backup, but the goalie situation is something interesting for the Ducks now. You've got Gibson, Anderson, and Hudobin. Uh, when you're looking at these three, uh, how do you think it's going to pan out next season, Eddie? Yeah, you know, we, we discussed this before, too, and um, the fact that Gibson is still on a two-way, it, it, it makes it more likely that he'll probably start with the goals, and the fact that... Um, Anderson and Kadobin can't be sent down without going through waivers. Well, that you know that's a little bit obvious. I, I don't think you'd want to start with all three guys in the NHL. So, and and I think we all agree that Anderson would be the starter. So I, I think it's good for his development. I'd like to see uh, Gibson play almost a full season in the uh, AHL. You know, it always takes goalies a little bit longer to to develop, and they usually start in the NHL at a, at a, a little bit older age than some of the players do. So. I think it's good for for all goalies if uh, if Gibson stays down and and Anderson starts and you know Kudobin will definitely challenge uh, Anderson for that starting role. Yeah, you mentioned the challenging part, and that's uh, what Murray said in his last interview too. Is he said Kudobin's coming in with the mindset that he wants to be the starter and he wants to challenge Anderson. Um, what do you think, Thomas? Do you think that he'll be able to challenge Anderson, or do you, or do you think it's more of a he's gonna you know maybe motivate Anderson and, and to just make Anderson that much better as a number one starter? I'm hoping it's he's just going to motivate Anderson to being a better player. But if memory serves correctly, when he was in Carolina, there were times he was pushing Cam Ward for that starting position. So he definitely has the talent to do so. And, I mean, hey, if he's good enough to be that starter and takes over from Anderson, then he's good enough to be the starter. Anderson, I love what he did last season, but he's still a very young goalie. He's only in his third professional season second as a starter. So it's not a guarantee he can maintain that level of play, but I hope he's able to. And Alex, what do you think? You think uh, Anderson will, you know, maintain that level and be the starter, or do you you think the Ducks might switch it up and, uh, you know, there may be a, a battle between uh, Hudobin and him for that spot? I think Anderson's definitely not going to play 54 games like last year. I would be surprised if it was more than 48, maybe. Try to take it down a notch. Uh, Anderson played well, uh, but that 9.14 save percentage, I mean, that's pretty much league average. It's not. I mean, granted, he will have more experience this season. So, I mean, you're going to have to judge it right out of the gate. But one thing that I like about Kadobin is uh, Kadobin's history. I mean, obviously, if you look at his stats last year with that disastrous Carolina team, I mean, pretty much everybody was negative on that team. But if you go back a season before that to 13-14, he actually had 36 games with Carolina in which he had a uh, 9.26 save and a 2.3 goals against. So, obviously, that's incredible numbers. Before that, he had 14 games with Boston, uh, .92. So, 
not a big sample size, but if he can actually generate that with a better team, especially with the Ducks being a better team than Carolina, for sure, uh, he'll definitely be a, at least a solid backup, be able to relieve some pressure. He won't have to roll Anderson every night. But uh, one thing I do like about his signing is it's still better than LaBarbera and Brzgalov. So, uh, you know, you have Gibson coming up to replace if we have injury issues uh, last year, you know, with uh, Dwayne Rollis and donning the pads for a backup. I mean, yeah, we had some we had some problems there. So at least, you know, Gibson, he'll be a good third option. Kudobin, I would still say he's the second and Anderson, I still will think will be the starter. Yeah, you bring up a good point about, uh, you know, keeping Anderson fresh, basically. And we saw that with the Ducks at the end of the season last year, Eddie, when, you know, we started resting some players. Um, Kessler sat out one game. We saw them rotate the defensive players and give certain guys time off. I think Alex really, you know, made a good point there that Anderson will play uh, and be number one, but he may not play just as many games because one of the criticisms that some of the fans gave him was the way he, he played towards the end of the Blackhawks series. They said that he looked a little worn out. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, numbers don't lie. He gave up a lot of goals, but, we, you know, it's not just his fault too. But what do you think, Eddie, in terms of, uh, you know, trying to keep him fresh the whole year? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good point. There's not a lot of goalies out there who can play 60, 70 games in a season, and, you know, especially – uh, like you said, only being you know three seasons in so far into his NHL career, it's it's hard to put that much pressure on a guy. So I think having a a capable backup who can push him for the starter job and and split those starts with him is definitely going to benefit his uh, you know his success and and you know keep him fresh, like you said. So um, I think that's definitely going to going to help out, and you know we'll be able to see him hopefully continue his success into the playoffs with a little bit more rest. You know, that brings us to looking at the lineup in total now. Um, we're, we're pretty sure that Hagelin's the last move of the summer for the Ducks. Uh, you know, I haven't heard anything else, and, uh, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to do anything else. But, you know, we'll just go with what we have now. Uh, we talked about the lineups before and, and you know, trying to figure out who's going to go where. So the Ducks get in Hagelin. If they put in Hagelin, and then obviously we re-sign Silverberg too, uh, you know, four years being the type of deals that uh, are being given out, um, you know, it looks like both of them and Kessler will be on the second line, uh, you know, maybe after some tinkering in the beginning. But, um, you know, how, how would it go with the, the other lines? What, I'll start with uh, Eddie on this one. What, what do you think? If that second line stays the way it is, how do you think the other three might uh, pan out? Well, I think, you know, obviously, Gatsoff Perry, that's a given on the first line, and then it all depends on who they want to put up there. And if you have Hagelin slotted in on that second line with Kessler and Silverberg, you know, you look at some guys you could go up there. Sakach has spent a little bit of time up there. I think Maroon's the the guy we'd all expect if they're going to go with what they they had last year. Um, you know, also Cogliano can play up there. Uh, Stewart, even though he's a right wing, you know, you could always give him a shot up there, but... Um, I think realistically they'll they'll start the season with Maroon unless they they see something from a guy like Sekach or or Cogliano and want to put him up there and you know, then you would expect to to see Cogliano and Raquel on that third line um, and you could maybe Stewart or you could play uh, Sekach on the right wing um, and then you would you would like to see uh, since Thompson's out Horkoff on that fourth line you know possibly um, any of of Cogliano or, or Sekach if they're going to play them all on left wing and. And then it comes down to if uh, you want to play Jackman or, or Wagner on that that's the fourth line right wing, and I think that's really the the only big question of, of which one of those guys is going to play. 
Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned uh, Wagner, which is kind of an interesting situation. Um, for those of you that know, uh, Thomas writes a lot about the prospects on our website and does a really great job um, keeping up on them because I honestly don't have the time to do it, and I'm glad he does. But the Wagner situation is a, is a little bit uh, precarious, uh, Thomas, uh, and it's going to kind of, uh, you can go into depth of, of the issue of uh, his contract, but also how it's going to affect those third and fourth lines for the Ducks. So when the Ducks re-signed Wagner to a one-year deal um, back in July, because of his age being 24 and because of the number of years he, um, he's been playing professional hockey since he signed his entry-level contract, which was three, he now has to pass through waivers to be sent to San Diego. So if the Ducks choose to, he can start the season off with the goals. Um, I don't know the exact number of days, but I think Alex said it was 12 days before the start of the 12. season. They can assign him there without waivers. Um, after that, though, he will have to pass through waivers. And I mean, he's not a great scorer or anything, but he's a good, young, cheap player who's going to give you a good effort on a fourth line. So there's a very good chance teams will uh, claim him if he is put on waivers at any point during the season. Um, and being such a good young asset, the Ducks probably don't want to lose him for what would literally be nothing. So they're going to have to make a choice. They either want him to start the season in San Diego and be one of the call-ups, but if he is an injury call-up, he'll probably stay the season with the Ducks. Or um, what I think that I hope happens is during training camp and preseason, he shows that he's ready to be with the Ducks on a full-time basis this season. Um, that's my hope for him, but because the Ducks have so many players on their roster already. It wouldn't shock me if they want him to start in San Diego and just see how he progresses down there. And if he plays like he did last year, uh, if memory serves me correct, in his first game of the season with Norfolk, he had a hat trick to start the season off, and that's why he was called up um, for the what the fourth or fifth game of the season to make his NHL debut. So for Wagner, if he tears the AHL up like he did last year, I think he'll be called up and stay with the team the entire year. Um, but just depends, I think, how he does early in the season and in training camp. Yeah, and you make some very good points there. I mean, what, how, how is it going to pan out in the beginning? I, I think it's kind of a wait-and-see approach, uh, you know, going into the preseason, like you said, and, and, and Alex mentioned the 12-day uh, mark. So it'll be interesting to see if he does stay down there because they're going to have to make some kind of a decision. Um, what do you think, Alex? you think Wagner stays down and, and then the fourth line is, you know, maybe uh, Jackman uh, on there with Stewart or some kind of other uh, combination? What are your thoughts? Well, I think uh, Nick Cordillis and uh, Stefan Nason are going to get some time definitely in camp to show what they can do as well. So I think that's really going to be a battle of who wins that of, of the three, including Wagner. And uh, the best, I think, will stay with the Ducks. And, you know, if, if it turns out Wagner isn't the best option right now, maybe after camp you send him down, you keep Cordillas or Nason up for depth. You can always send those guys down later and let Wagner develop and bring him up if you want. So it gives them an option, at least with some uh, youth and some wingers there. Yeah, and that's a good point, too. Uh, we talked about this before. Uh, Murray had also mentioned that, you know, we're going to see some players going up and down the the, uh, the, the five freeway, Eddie. Uh, there's going to be guys getting moved around a lot now that the goals are so close. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more of the prospects, you know, show up for a few games at Honda Center. Yeah, but, you know, also there's a lot of established NHL players on this roster in front of them, and it's going to be hard for any of them to, to break into the lineup and, you know, I'd, I'd like to see most of them stay and play a full season in the um, in the AHL unless they're you know the management believes they're they're fully ready to 
uh, to play, and uh, you know, and they can you know bump out a guy like uh, Stewart or or Sekatch or you know even Jackman or Wagner, if, you know maybe Freiburg or like you mentioned Cordillas or or Nason. If those guys are really ready, then I I would say give them a chance. But you know if if they're on on the edge, uh, I think a full season in the, in the AHL wouldn't hurt them. Yeah, and I think that's a big benefit is having those guys close by and having them down there playing in the games and getting more experience. It's just going to be nothing but you know good things that's going to help out the Ducks. Um, you know, other team news uh, going on uh, lately. We saw the uh, the Ducks released an article about the uh, scoreboard coming up. You see, the framing is now up, and it's in that rectangular um, shape as we had reported, where the screens are going to be a little bit bigger. Um, facing the uh, penalty box and the benches. Uh, they said that the square footage, I believe, was three or four times bigger than the old one, so that's going to be a welcome sight. Uh, that's going to uh, debut on September 25th when the Ducks play the Kings in a preseason game. Uh, I plan to be there for that one, uh, which is going to be good. Also, the uh, the goals and the rain are going to play uh, earlier in uh, the month on uh, September 5th, I believe is the correct date. Um, there was free tickets that they gave away. I think they're all gone now, but they, they had them out there for people to buy. So that's kind of what's coming up in the next month uh, in terms of hockey and whatnot. Uh, the other uh, news that's come out and, you know, it's kind of been an issue has been the, uh, the Ducks' third jersey. Um, so far, uh, it looks like Reebok and the Ducks don't want to talk about it, and they're, they're not confirming um, what Isoletics has put out as, as the jersey. So, uh, Sorry to interrupt one thing real fast. Yeah. It's October 5th, not September 5th. Oh, my bad. You're, you're right. October 5th. I, was trying to, I knew it was the 5th. <laughs> trying to remember the date. Um, but in terms of the, uh, the jersey, the jerseys come out, and um, we're trying to figure out uh, what's going on with this situation. And uh, you know, I don't really have an answer yet. We're going to have a poll question up about what people think. But uh, what do you think, Eddie? Uh, if the jerseys, what Isoletics uh, put out, do you, do you like it? Do you think that it should be changed, or what are your thoughts on the jersey? You're gonna get grilled later for getting that date wrong. <laughs> but oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, um, I, I think we mentioned this before, and and you know, we were saying that we're from from what we've heard, and we're not trying to, you know, come out and saying that we know exactly what's going on, and you know, just from the people that we've talked and we've heard, it, it's not the exact jersey, and that's not trying to discredit aesthetics or or anything. I, I know they're, you know, if you, I, I don't know much about jersey blogs out there, but from what I've heard, they're they're one of the top ones, and you know, they've gotten a couple things right over the few, over the years with with jerseys, but. You know, from what we've heard, it's not the exact jersey. You know, some things could be similar, and you know, I guess we'll have to wait until uh, October 16th to actually see. But you know, I, I, I like the design that they showed. Um, I'd like to see it a little bit different than that. So, um, but I still want to be surprised. So I, I, I hope it's not the one because I, I really want to see a, a kind of a different design, and I, I want to be surprised by the one that they debut on on the 16th of October. Yeah, exactly. I think I have the same feeling. Uh, what do you think, Thomas, too, about the the jersey, the one that you saw? That, you know, did you like it? You know, what are your thoughts on it? I, I'm a sucker for all things nostalgia, so I would be perfectly fine bringing back the Mighty Duck symbol in some fashion. Um, I really like that with the current jerseys on the shoulder patch. I thought that was a great touch. Um, personally, I wouldn't actually mind just see bringing the original jerseys back, like they did a couple of years ago against Ottawa for that one game. I thought that was a really cool experience, and I would love to see them do that a few more times in the future. Um, as regards to what we saw, I like the Disney logo. Um, I like the orange, and I know they're gonna. I'm almost positive they will put orange in it because of the Orange County connection. Um, 
So since that's not the jersey, presumably, um, if it's something similar to that, I'll be pretty happy with it. And Alex, any other thoughts on, on that jersey that's been uh, floating out there all over the place? Uh, I like their design for it. Um, one thing I find interesting is it's a pretty good um, correlation of all the Ducks jerseys that they've had for, well, with the exception of like a few, you know, like the Wild Wing third one. I mean, you have the you have the vintage <laughs> logo there. You got the orange, like the Stadium Series. And then if you look at the, uh, the way the sleeves are and the way the bottom is with the uh, stripes, it's kind of a throwback to the like 2009 one or the 2008 one before they went to the, uh, when the current home jerseys were the third jerseys. So uh, I liked it. It's, it's a pretty good mix. Yeah, and, and it seems like uh, what everybody's saying out there is that they seem to say that it's going to be something similar to that. So that's what I, I've been hearing from everybody else. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, just kind of have to monitor the situation. We'll put out a, the, the fan poll. I'll either have it out later today or sometime this week and uh, let people decide. But that's what it's kind of uh, been in the past is that uh, – They'll put out an idea, and, and sometimes it's not exact, but it's pretty close. So I'm just happy that if it's mainly orange, uh, I, I was bugging the people at the Ducks marketing um, department this last season about, you know, please, you know, do orange because, you know, in the playoffs, uh, we were trying to get everybody to wear the Stadium Series jerseys and get that orange feeling going because when we played other teams, you would see, you know, Calgary would have all the red and, uh uh, Winnipeg had the white, Vancouver had the blue. You'd see that, but you know it's it's difficult because not everybody bought the Stadium Series jerseys, and that was only you know one time event basically. So, if they do go with that kind of a theme, it would be perfect, uh, especially come playoff time, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. And you know, obviously the orange isn't our, isn't the primary color, so we can't. Any, but you don't really want to say paint it black or and do the paint it white thing. You know, orange is. The symbol, uh, the symbol color of the Ducks. I mean, we're one of the only teams to actually use orange in our jerseys. So I think um, having it painted orange is, is perfect. And then having a, an actual jersey that you can buy all season long and people are able to prepare and, and, and be ready for the playoffs so we can actually you know, present something similar to, to the whiteout at Winnipeg. I don't know if it'll be exactly the same. They did an amazing job uh, during the playoffs when, when they had that going. But, you know, if we can get... Um, you know, majority of the fans wearing orange. I, I think that would look pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the consensus among most people. Um, the only other real news that's uh, going on around uh, in the NHL right now, and actually is the the real big news, is the uh, Patrick Kane situation. Uh, you know, obviously um, the uh, EA Sports decided to take uh, the photo of him and Jonathan Taves and change it, and now it's just Jonathan Taves holding up the Stanley Cup. Uh, even though, you know, the, this is still an ongoing investigation, basically. Um, and we're not exactly sure if he's going to be charged uh, at all or if he is, if it's a sexual assault or a rape type situation. But uh, what do you think, Thomas, about this situation as far as it's, you know, the way it's going to unfold and, and, and impact the, uh, the Blackhawks next season? I think it's going to all depend upon whether or not he's charged. Um I think if he's charged and it goes to trial, I think it's going to be like the Voina situation where he's suspended indefinitely until the situation is resolved. Um, however, I think until charges are filed, he's probably going to remain with the team. He'll start out in training camp in preseason um, unless he is files our charge within the next month or so. Uh, and then going forward, it all, it's all going to depend upon what happens at um, if there's a trial, if there's a settlement, or if nothing happens um one thing i have noticed going around the internet um i do follow a few different blackhawk blogs um both 
via Twitter and other websites. And uh, there's been a few that I've seen where they say that Kane is a fantastic, great player, but some of them are just tired of his shenanigans. Um, regardless of the sexual assault, he's known as a party boy who likes to go out and just do stupid things. And some of them are wondering if Hawks management is just starting to get sick and tired of it. And if maybe it's time to cut ties with him, not just because of this one situation, even if nothing happened, but just because of him going out and making a fool of himself uh, several times over the years. Yeah, and that's a problem. You know, you see that that happens with certain players on certain teams, and, you know, they steer clear. Uh, you know, we've talked about the Kings, and there, there are a couple situations that are going on, too. Um, Alex, what do you think as far as the Kane situation in Chicago? I got to agree with Thomas. It all depends on whether or not he's charged. But if he is charged, uh, I do not like the Hawks' chances next season. I mean, that's a huge, significant part of the cap. Uh, the cap penalty still with Voinov. I mean, that really, you really saw how that hurt the Kings. And Voinov is nowhere near the player Patrick Kane is. So, I mean, their roster is already pretty decimated as is, especially with the moves they made. I mean, yeah, they brought in Anisimov, but I mean, there's a couple questionable. Uh, acquisitions there, but yeah, if Kane's gone, uh, it's a big blow to their uh, any hope that they really have, in my opinion, even being a playoff team, especially in the tough West. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be very tough for them to uh, to you know either a make the playoffs or or b you know squeak in and, and do anything in the playoffs. You know, granted, if things go a certain way, uh, what do you think, Eddie, as far as uh, Kane and what's going on? Yeah, I, know. I have to agree with them too. I mean, if uh, if he gets charged, it'll be interesting to see how the Blackhawks approach the situation. I, I know you see this um, obviously with the Voinov and, and in other sports, you you see uh, football players getting suspensions as, as well in the NFL and. Um, it'd be a big blow to the Blackhawks in, in any way, even if he's not gone for the whole season. I'm, I'm missing him in it for any amount of the season. It is going to be detrimental to them. I, mean, I know he missed most of the, the second half of the season um, for the Blackhawks, and they had some guys step up, but you know they weren't the same until he came back. Um, but, you know, and, and with regards to what Thomas said, with the, the team might you know be getting fed up, management might be getting fed up with the shenanigans, uh, we saw a lot, um, a, sim- a closely similar situation in Boston when Tyler Sagan was there, and, you know, they were kind of fed up with his his attitude off, off the ice, and they uh, ended up dealing him away to, to Dallas, and you know, a lot of people will see that as a, as a bad trade, and, you know, I, I kind of tend to agree. I think he was a great player, and it, it's tough to move him, but I think they were just sick of his... Uh, you know his his off ice behavior, and you know there could be a similar situation in, in Chicago, but it, it's hard to let a guy of that quality go. Yeah, and, and this is just going to be a problem for Chicago until this gets resolved. You know, it's just going to be a big headache. Uh, you know, you see everybody's talking about it right now. It's really, especially in August, with not not a lot of hockey news going on. It's dominating a lot of the news out there. Um, so we'll just have to kind of play it by ear and see what happens, you know, and uh, see if charges are filed and, um, you know, whether or not he's innocent or not. You know, you know, we don't know. I mean, he's the one that knows. But uh, we'll keep you up to date on that situation as well. Um, in terms of uh, what's coming up uh, this month, August 29th will be the Fedoran Cup. Uh, it's the event to raise cancer awareness. Uh, Ryan Getzloff will be there. Uh, Phil Hewitt's going to be there, as we, we talked about on the show before, Eddie, and I will as well. Um, it's a good event to go to. Hopefully, um, if you if you haven't already, you know you can go online and buy the tickets uh, on their website. Uh, I'm not sure if it's sold out yet or not, but uh, that's the the first uh, glimpse of hockey we're going to have coming up. And then we'll see the uh, the preseason games in September coming up, 
And uh, as Thomas had said, October 5th, you will see the goals and the uh, Ontario Reign uh, play at Honda Center for one game, which will be a great event. Um, that's really going to do it for this week. Um, we'll get you all caught up on everything and uh, hopefully have more for you next week. All right, and thanks for listening. See you next time.